This is the Blaze Radio On Demand. 2017 is going to be a volatile economic year. We may see politicians throughout the world attempting to control central bank policies. Several renowned financial analysts have warned that political interference in central bank policies may mean our economic misses of inflation and growth targets. Gold is an international currency that can't be issued or controlled by governments. If you don't have the only hard currency that has outlasted every politician and every failed idea of governments for centuries, you need to speak to Goldline right now and learn how easy it is to add gold to your portfolio or IRA. Now is the time to diversify your financial portfolio by adding gold. Call 1-800-913-GOLD. Buying real gold is easy and fast at Goldline. And you're going to be happy that you finally made the call. 1-800-913-4653. Goldline also offers price protection against short-term market fluctuations on qualifying purchases. So buy with confidence. Read Goldline's important risk information and find out if buying gold is right for you. Call Goldline. 1-800-913-4653. 653. Prepare yourself to ingest current events, pop culture, and politics with a side of Latin flair. Vices. I don't have to show you any stinking vices. This is the Chris Salcedo Show on the Blaze Radio Network. Feeling good. Feeling grand. Feeling just simply awesome. You know why? Because we're on the, on the precipice of a three-day weekend, and actually Memorial Day is a special three-day weekend, is it not? I mean, it is it, it is one of those times where, well, we should take time out to reflect on the blessings that we have and who sacrificed everything to ensure that we have them. And uh, since we are going to be on a best-of schedule on Memorial Day, I, I got to get some of that out right now. And remember where it all came from, folks. Uh, home of the free because of the brave. It's Chris Salcedo Show, and I'm happy you've tuned in. Telephone number is 888-933-93-888-900-3393. Big show planned for you today. We'll talk about voter ID laws. And some folks are, as you know, are not enamored with said voter ID laws. We'll talk about cultural appropriation. You know what that is? It's like if Ellie came into the studio with a big old bowl full of guacamole or salsa, and I would be able to say, Ellie, you're a white girl. You are appropriating my culture. Shame on you. And I could, you know, prosecute her or persecute her because of that. This is actually going on in the United States, folks. It's, <laughs> I can hardly wait to share the, uh, the story with you. Uh, catching the show live, blaze.com slash radio. Blaze Radio smartphone app, iHeartRadio app, SoundCloud, iTunes, and Stitcher for on-demand listening. If you want to catch up on social media, first off, Facebook, The Chris Salcedo Show. That is uh, uh, searchable in the search bar. On Twitter, at Chris Salcedo TX, at C-H-R-I-S-S-A-L-C-E-D-O-T-X. And on The Blaze, theblaze.com, the channels section. Let's start off with the flip around. Uh, we'll start off with Fox today. Chris Wallace is speaking. Crying. So it, 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 there was a certain amount of cleanup that was going on on aisle four here. We'll have to wait and see whether, in fact, the president does increase sanctions. If he does, that would be very substantial. The president's supposed to meet with Russian President Putin before another one of these economic summits in July. Uh, it, it, if After all the talk at the beginning of the administration about trying to create and improve relations, if, in fact, they, they meet and uh, the president has increased sanctions, not pulled them back, that'll be 
a pretty interesting meeting in July. Yeah, well, you know what? Again, I've, I've never been a fan of easing up on the Russians whatsoever. The Russians like uh, radicalized Islamic fundamentalist jihadis. And I shouldn't say the Russians. I should say the Russian government. Like radicalized Islamic fundamentalist jihadis, they understand one language. They understand strength. They understand strength. Uh, let's go over to CNN. Religious minorities, immigrants, would ever be treated with dignity and respect. And by the way, we were furious about the past presidential election. Hillary Clinton talking at Wellesley College. Now CNN's headline, the leader of the basket of bias headline. Clinton compares Trump to Nixon. Talks of impeachment. Now, what CNN did not play for you, in the interest of full disclosure, and the Chris Salcedo show will, is the part of this speech that <laughs> delighted we conservatives. You know, <clears throat> four years ago, maybe a little more or less, <clears throat> for some of you, I mean, I've got to get a lozenge. It's another coughing fit, folks. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> I told the uh -huh. trustees I was sitting with after hearing Tala's speech, I didn't think I could get through it. <clears throat> so we'll blame allergy instead of emotion. Yeah. yeah. Can you imagine I'm de dealing with four years of that garbage? If she were elected president, you know, and it gave us an opportunity, the Chris Salcedo show, uh, chronicling uh, the best speeches of Hillary Clinton ever. Represent inmates. <coughs> Excuse me. <coughs> Too much to say. <coughs> <coughs> That's been Let's bring time blossoms bloom again. Thank you, Hazel. Clinton. Oh, yes, and guess what? The folks of Brian Williams Network, MSNBS, they're talking about Hillary, too, their favorite subject. That's kind of like a developing country. It's uh, lots of people are used to this. We can rename the, the, the airports and the streets. Guys, good to talk to you. Uh, thanks to all three of you, Peter Alexander at the White House, Rick Wilson, and uh, Fortune Editor Alan Murray. Great to see all of you. Thank you. Up next. Yes, they're talking about Mrs. Clinton saying that the Trump budget was a con. It was just a con. A mean and cruel con, which I got to tell you, folks, we, we, we brought this up yesterday, but it bears pointing out the con is Washington. That's the con. The con is lazy lawmakers and in many cases, lazy liberal lawmakers. There are some Republicans who are just as lazy. 
What do I mean by that? Mick Mulvaney, my new hero, the Office of Management and Budget, detailed the difference between Washington and the rest of the country and why Washington is in such disfavor with the rest of the country. In Washington, D.C., if we spent $100 on a program last year and $100 on a program this year back home, we would call that a freeze. In Washington, we call that a cut. If we spent $100 on a program last year and $104 on a program this year back home, we would call that an increase. In Washington, D.C., we call that a cut. What he's attacking there is called baseline budgeting. And let me just illustrate it for you, and I, and I did this yesterday, but it, I can't emphasize this enough, and it's because your elected leaders are lazy. L I'll say that again. And for the folks at .com, I'll say it again. Your elected leaders are slough-offs. They're lazy. In particular, those of one particular ideological persuasion. Now, how do I know this? Because they have set up automatic increases for government agencies in their funding. Automatic. No thought processes needed. That's what has allowed this government to grow beyond the consent of the governed. Here's the example. Take your government agency, and let's simplify the numbers. They are allocated this year for $100, okay? Now, this never happens, and I'll tell you why this never happens, but let's just say for argument's sake, they only spend $80 of that $100, all right? Now, next year, they're slated to get $120, the automatic increase. Liberal extremist Democrats and lazy Republicans will insist that that government agency is due $120 because it's what we promised. It's what we slated. Government never takes a, a decrease. Government always gets its raise. The American people must do without. Children must go hungry. So government will get it. It's, it's fair share. Well, you know what? Why don't we just keep it at 100, seeing as how they only used 80 in this year. That's a cut. It's not a cut. It's the same amount of money. No, it's a cut because we we're promised 120. Well, how about we give them 110? Well, that's still a cut. No, that's an increase of 10 bucks. No, they deserve 120 or else it's a cut. It's a reduction. If anything, it's a reduction in the rate of spending. Now, why won't you ever or would you rarely find a government agency that spends less money than it's allocated? Because at the end of a budget year, if a particular government department has not spent all of the money that was budgeted, you know what they do? In particular, during Democrat administrations, they go on a spending spree. They go out and they buy art and they go out and buy trivial, frivolous things. They just waste the American taxpayers' money so they can justify getting their increase next year. Never know when you might need it. The only, thing, the only thing wrong with that is that it's your money. Now, why do I call them lazy? I think the American people should insist, insist that every single person elected to Congress must personally oversee government spending. Again, if a government agency spends money, there ought to be an elected leader's name attached to that spending. That's, it's what we call oversight, ladies and gentlemen. Oversight. Making sure that our government behaves as a good steward of the people's money.
And that's why we elect representatives to go up to government and earn their $174,000 a year paycheck. You are supposed to be overseeing that. But you will hear a lot of whiny Democrats and a lot of Linguini-spined Republicans complain, oh, that'll take up all my time. I can't go out and campaign then. I can't go to fancy dinners then. Oh, man, I'll never go home. Then don't apply for the job. If, If government is too big for you to manage, then the takeaway is government is too big for you to manage. Make it smaller so you can manage it, so you can be a good steward of the American people's money. Make it smaller, more accountable. This is what we the people must insist upon, and we never have this conversation, folks. We never have this conversation. We should. And now, all of a sudden, because of Mick Mulvaney, we are having this conversation. Because of Donald Trump, we are having this conversation because there is a businessman who sits in the Oval Office, who knows about balance sheets, a man who knows when he's getting ripped off, a man who knows when money is being spent inefficiently. I'll be back in a minute. The Chris Salcedo Show. You're on the blaze. Keep up with the Chris Salcedo Show on Facebook and on Twitter at Chris Salcedo TX. Just another way to stay in touch with Chris on the Blaze Radio Network. everybody it's chris salcedo show happy friday one and all uh coming up we're talking to mary ramirez and we may talk to her about this story we're also going to be talking about voter id laws uh i talked to the league of women voters who are not big fans they're not big fans i wanted you guys to hear how the interview went and then i i really like to hear their feedback on it because i look it, the league of women voters they don't like voter id laws and i was i'm fascinated by those who say they don't because I got to be honest with you, I can't, I can't relate. Uh, I, I don't understand why, uh, I don't understand opposition to voter ID laws. Other than the fact that I know there is a certain element of our society that covets the ability to cheat. I mean, all you guys need to do is examine our history. Look at these groups like ACORN, for example. Uh, you know which ideological way they swing. You know which political party ACORN supported, and they were massive, crooked cheaters. And they shut down, they reopened up under under various names across the country. Uh, in Texas, in the state in which I reside, they opened up shop and called themselves Battleground Texas. Uh, they're basically ACORN. And these these people were illegal reprobate thugs uh, conducting illegal voting fraud on the American people. And that's what the, that the whole organization was dedicated to that prospect. And 
it, this seems to push back on this idea that voter that voter fraud is rare. It's it's not. Plus, don't forget, in in many areas of the country, you are prohibited from even asking for gathering the data on the fraud. So it's it's very easy to say, well, you're not committing voter fraud. You have no proof yet, you're, because you're permitting prohibiting me from going out and finding the truth. So. Anyway, we will get into all of this in short order. We'll talk to Mary Ramirez possibly about this next story. Ellie, what do you know about, because this is a millennial snowflake buttercup on college campuses thing. What do you know about cultural appropriation? Have you heard of that term before? No, not until today. Really? Okay. Now, and by the way, the folks over at .com, they're actually asking for a little bit of guacamole that you brought in. So if you wouldn't mind, just... uh, (laughs) running it up. Hey, .com takes care of us. We take care of .com, right? And, I, and I'm not going to accuse you of cultural appropriation because I am your liberty-loving Latino, okay? Is this because of the whole guacamole thing? Well, that's, that's the whole thing. They want, they want a, a tidbit of guacamole from you. Uh, they they want to have your recipe. And I, and I will not accuse you of cultural appropriation. And for those of you who don't know what this is, this is re- really what it is is a justification for racism against whites. That's, that's what cultural appropriation is. Let me read you the story. Uh, who's writing this? This is Fox. Uh, the Daily UK Mail also picked this up. Just one week after Cook's Burritos in Portland, Oregon was featured in a profile for the local publication Willamette Week, the pop-up Mexican food cart has closed down amid accusations they ripped off their recipes. Now, what did these girls do? Kaylee Wilgus and Liz L.C. Connolly. What do they do? Well, they traveled to Puerto Nuevo, Mexico, and they talked to a whole bunch of tortilla ladies. They, they tried the cuisine down there in Baja, California, and they loved it. And so they started poking around saying, hey, teach me how to make this. This is great. Quote, I picked the brains of every tortilla lady there, there in the worst broken Spanish ever, and they showed me a little about what they did. They told us basic ingredients, and we saw them moving and stretching the dough similar to how pizza makers do before rolling it out with rolling pins. For all of you who have never had freshly made tortillas, oh, oh, it is the best. It is, it is the best. My grand, well, I don't want to bore you with my, my personal, my mom, my mom makes great tortillas. Um, and my grandmother did. And it's, it is an, there is an art form. It is an art form. So what these American, these, these white girls did is they went down to Mexico and they, they said, this is great. I'd love to bring this back home. So they learned and they, they brought it back home and they opened up Kook's Burritos. Uh, slight problem. After this piece ran, uh, Libs, extremists started coming out of the woodwork saying, quote, because of Portland's underlying racism, the people who rightly own these traditions and cultures that exist are already treated poorly. That was the Portland Mercury. The article continues, these appropriating businesses are erasing and exploiting their already marginalized identities for the purpose of profit and praise. But What? This is what America is about. 
you come from all over the globe, you bring your cuisine, you bring your traditions, and you add to the fabric of America. Well, not in progressive Portland, Oregon, folks. No, 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 no. If you're a white person, you can't do this. You're exploiting some poor Mexican person because you bring that cuisine back up to the United States that's yummy and that people love. So you must be shut down. They've been, they shut down, folks. They caved to the pressure from left-wing extremist progressives under this guise of cultural appropriation. These white girls. What this is, is an excuse to be a racist toward whites. As if whites are not allowed to make authentic, yummy, tasty Latino food. <laughs> it's, it's crazy, but that's, that's the underpinning, that's the underlying thing here. We'll talk about this with Mary Ramirez and other things coming up the Salcedo Show on the way. 888-900-3393. The Chris Salcedo Show. On the Blaze Radio Network. The Chris Salcedo Show. Now, we have, uh, welcome back, everybody. We have placed a phone call out to the purveyors of, well, what used to be Kooks Burritos. And we, we've asked them to come on. Now, they, they very well could be progressives, folks, and they won't come on the, on the air. But they're getting so much advertisement across the country now. I had somebody email me earlier saying, hey, they should just reopen up and they'll, they'll be making a killing. And then they can tell all these, these progressives who are telling them that, that they have, uh, misappropriated, uh, 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 appropriated a culture uh, to, to go pound salt. And one other thing, why didn't these, these white women, why didn't they just say, hey, I, I identify as a Latina today? Because in, in this, in this, remember Rachel Dolezal. You guys remember Rachel Dolezal? She was the, the NAACP white girl who identified as a black person, who, who pretended she was a black person, and she, she cha- what, what, what did she change her name to? Nikichi Amari Diallo. Nikichi Amari Diallo. She identifies as a Pan-African. She's white, but she gets to say, I'm Pan-African. And because she's liberal, oh, yes, you're black. Why didn't these girls just say, hey, what do you mean cultural appropriation? I identify as a Latina today, and I can be anybody I want to be. Hey, where are the white women at? Let's bring on Mary Ramirez. Uh, <laughs> a longtime uh, contributor here to the Chris Salcedo Show, and uh, Mary, so Mary, you were telling me off the air, you've actually been accused of this. Of a, Oh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's been, I've had several people insinuate, and in fact, the first time it ever happened, I remember my jaw like being on the floor, insinuate that I married someone of a different race, in this case, Mexican, for advantageous purposes, <laughs> so that I could talk about race, or that I could talk about immigration, and sort of get off scot-free or whatever, and it just, yeah, it's, they are, they're pretty epic, these she's, people. <laughs> she's such a committed conservative, folks, that she wanted to be able to talk without the stigma of being labeled a white woman, so Ooh. she married... And, uh, uh, and oh, and what? There's an and. I not, I, I not only married one, Chris, but I I've got not one, but now 
too. Mixed race children. So I can, you know, it's, it's like my insurance policy. So I can talk about these things and just point to them and go, well, see, see, but, I'm not racist. Folks, by the, by, <laughs> by the way, folks, Mary is expecting her second child. I sure am. She is expecting her second child. So, and, and you know what? The, fr- the first child came right here on the, well, not on the Chris Salcedo show, but while, <laughs> That would have been a little weird. That would have been. Hey, where are the white women at? Okay, uh, let's, <laughs> let's get to, <laughs> let's talk about what you are offering today. Sure. Well, actually, you know what? If I could just sort of self-indulge just a little bit before I get into my piece really quick. Sure. Chris, um, a couple of weeks ago, I talked about a, uh, a sheriff's deputy uh, down in Collin County, Texas, who would, had spearheaded this um, association or this this group of, of people that were fundraising for in the event of, of, of an officer needing assistance. Right. Guy. Well, he has fallen very, very ill and um, has actually been in the hospital for the past nearly a week now. And, you know, the, the, the organization, you know, it, it's, it's in its infancy, so they haven't been able to raise the money yet. They had just started. So the other deputies there at the sheriff's department got together, the Collin County's Deputies Association, and they put together a GoFundMe page for, for this officer. And I'll tweet that out after after this segment. But also, if you're in the Plano area or even the Dallas area and you just want to drive over to Plano, there is an organization called the America's Defenders Foundation, and they're throwing a fundraiser at a restaurant called, I think it's Texadelphia. I'll tweet that out, too. But 10% of all the profits on Tuesday, May 30th, will go to Officer Lawson's recovery needs because the bills are racking up and and the uh, paid time off is quickly dwindling. And so they don't know there's my plug. They don't know what he's got, right? They do not know what he's got. He's, he's suffering from multiple major seizures a day. And um, they just randomly started on Saturday. So um, they have not been able to figure out what he's got or what's causing it. So prayers are also appreciated greatly in addition to any financial support that people might be so inclined to uh, to give. Very so. well. So anyway, that's my little plug. Um, but, yeah, so this week I um, I heard Katy Perry get on the airwaves, and I'm sure you did as well. I'm sorry. And... Sorry, say that again. I said I'm sorry. I'm sorry that uh, uh, yeah that you had to hear that Katie I had Perry. to I had to subject myself to that. Yes. I know it was it's it was yes. painful. It was painful. <laughs> um, but she said, and I'm just going to read her quote here. She said, "Cause I think like they're like as much as you know whatever we say behind people's back. Cause the internet can be a little ruthless as far as fan bases go. But I think that the greatest thing we could do is just unite and love on each other and like no barriers, no borders. Well, hold like on, we all hold need on. to just coexist. You're not going to be Mary. You're not going to be able to hear this." But I will play Katy Perry in in her own voice, folks. We we Please talked do. about this. We we played this earlier in the week, and this was Katy Perry's response to the carnage in Manchester. Listen, the greatest thing we can do is just unite and love on each other, and like no barriers, no borders. Like it, it we're, we all need to just coexist. True. Yeah, like we just need to coexist. So there you go, Mary. That that was yeah. Katy Perry, and you had a response to Miss Perry, yes. I did. And here's the thing. We do need to love our neighbors. We do need to love our fellow human beings, which is absolutely true. The most loving thing that we can do, and this is a message to Miss Perry, this is a message to my generation, is to put up borders. That is the most loving thing that we can do because a borderless, barrierless society does not stop someone who is willing to stuff nails and screws in a bag and blow the faces off of kids in Manchester. This is It's not going to stop someone who can cut off someone's head in the desert. It's not going to stop someone who's willing to crucify children in the streets. We're, we're dealing with real evil here. And I heard something on, on Rush Limbaugh today, and I thought I might I might piggyback on this and, and bring this in. A caller, a millennial caller, called in and he said, I think the problem with my generation is millennials do not comprehend evil. And I think he's right. 
We don't comprehend evil because if we did, Katy Perry wouldn't be running around saying see, we don't need borders. See, the reason why I, I believe some millennials who, who, are, who are primarily raised in government-run education institutions and, and have had their family values undermined by government-run educators and government-run systems, it, it, it's not that they don't recognize evil. They've been told there's no such thing as evil. They're, they've, been told, they've been told it's all shades of gray and it all depends on your perspective right. that that radicalized Islamic fundamentalist jihadi, that, that he has a perspective. Well, and it's not just the millennials. John Kerry and Hillary Clinton said you must empathize with these people. John Kerry seems to think that there is some sort of justification or rationale but, but behind the reason why they would blow up eight-year-old little girls and cause shrapnel and little pieces of little girls to be caught in other little girls' hair. Uh, right. People of that political persuasion, people of that political ideology actually think there's no such thing as evil. It's just shades of gray. It actually depends on your perspective. And that's supposed to be the enlightened outlook. Well, and they do, you know, I will take something back. I think they do think that there's evil. They just, they, they think it's us. They, they think, think it's conservatives. The conservatives in the exactly. World. Exactly right. But, you know, so, yeah, they've, they've been taught to believe that there really isn't, <clears throat> evil really isn't existent and that you know who was it i think it was an obama uh, administration spokesperson uh, who came on the news and said that if we just gave these people jobs and, and money ah, it would solve the issue that was marie um, harf the the, the, marie job, harf, thank the you. jobs for jihadis program she was touting right yes. exactly so you know again this piece is this piece is centered on the idea that we need to recognize real, real evil number one and we need to recognize where that evil is currently coming from and that is that is islam they are basing this in the islamic faith like it or not and that barriers and borders and rules and restrictions are the most loving things that we can do. In fact, if, if England, if Great Britain had enacted um, travel bans and travel restrictions similar to what Donald Trump had been proposing, this guy wouldn't even have come back in the country after he had traveled to Libya to meet up with his radical act terrorist activist father and brother. Yeah. You know, yeah. here he comes. He comes back radicalized. Well, you and know, got, you know who said that? Our very own Jack Buckby over in the UK. Exactly who, right. Who was exactly a UK right. citizen and said, if we had had somebody with the strength of Donald Trump, and by the way, folks, we'll, we'll get to the latest on the travel ban here coming up because the Fourth Circuit did a, a pretty idiotic thing, but we expected it uh, <laughs> after we, we say goodbye to Mary. But you're absolutely right. The folks over in Great Britain, they don't have anybody that's even speaking like this over there in a position of authority. Exactly right. And well, his words are, are ring so true yeah, well, because do, we're talking lives that would have been saved. I agree. Do me, do me a favor and get us the name of the, uh, the piece this week. It's no Katy Perry. Borders are the loving thing to do. I'll there tweet that out along with the other links that I discussed previously. And we look forward to it. You have a fantastic weekend. And d take it easy. You know, lay off the booze. You know, you are <laughs> you're drinking for I, two, you know. I would think so. I would think so. <laughs> and don't appropriate any more of that Latino culture, or else you're going to have to meet to contend with. I'll try real hard. <laughs> okay. All right, it's Mary Ramirez, everybody. We'll tweet out her article coming up on the Chris Salcedo Show on the Twitter account at Chris Salcedo TX at C H R I S S A L C E D O T X. And we'll be right back on The Blaze. It's your Radio Republic. Be heard. 888-900-3393. This is the Chris Salcedo Show. Part of Generation Blaze. On the Blaze Radio Network.
Chris Salcedo is on the Blaze Radio Network. Breaking news, courtesy of the leader of the basket of bias, CNN. Donald Trump uses power grip on French President Macron. <laughs> Your Fourth Amendment rights were violated by the previous administration, government abuse, government overspending, and CNN, they're on... They're Johnny on the spot. Donald Trump uses power grip <laughs> on Macron. Donald Trump shoves prime minister. <gasps> dun, dun, dun. They're a joke. CNN, you're a, you're a joke. And have you folks ever wondered why CNN won't have somebody like me on their air? Uh, I actually received one phone call from MSNBS one time and our schedules conflicted and they didn't, and they, they never called back. I've been on Fox, but there's a reason why CNN won't have somebody like me on. I spoil a narrative that, uh, that they, they are under the illusion that all Latinos are a bunch of left wing nutcases and they can't have that illusion spoiled for their viewership. So that's why they won't have me on. It is, uh, I, and again, I don't, I, don't even, I don't even need to hear an explanation or any denial from CNN. It, it's, these, these producers aren't even, because not to say that I've even tried or even want to be on. I, what I'm saying to you is they've never even bothered to look. They've never bothered to look for, gee, do, what, what about having a Latino that believes in border security? Never looked under, the, they've never inputted into a Google search, conservative and Latino. It doesn't occur to them because they're biased. They can't conceive that I exist. Fox can do it. Uh, I-24 News can do it. The Blaze can do it. But CNN, they don't have, well, it, it's two things. They don't have the intellectual capability to rationalize that somebody like me and a lot of somebody's like me exist. And then even if they did find me, they wouldn't put me on because of what I represent. And my buddy Kevin Jackson, what he represents. And, and others who are of color who are not raging liberal extremists. And they, and, and they have the temerity to call we conservatives racists. Uh, by the way, ABC, NBC, CBS, CNN, they have yet to run a story about how your Fourth Amendment rights were violated by the previous administration. They have not run the story. You know why they won't? Because their job isn't looking out for you. Their job is, they don't care about your rights. They care about Barack Obama's reputation. They care about keeping that narrative that socialism and left-wing extremism has a prayer of working in the future. It's just a matter of finding the right guy. And they cannot reveal to their, same reason why they can't have somebody like me on, they can't reveal that left-wing extremism fails. And they won't. Because it's game over for them and their ideology. And I say their ideology on purpose. They are not dedicated journalists. They are dedicated Democrats at CNN, at NBC. 
Take that to the bank. Fox News Channel talking about a ruling out of the Fourth Circuit yesterday. To three decision, the Fourth Circuit Court of Appeals today refused to reinstate President Trump's revised travel ban. The Trump administration now vowing to appeal to the Supreme Court in a fight over the limits of executive power. The appeals court apparently was swayed by comments that then-candidate Trump made during the campaign calling for a Muslim ban. In the scathing opinion, the majority said the 90-day revised suspension of travel from six Mideast countries, quote, speaks with vague words of national security, but in context, drips with religious intolerance. In context. Meaning, the order in and of itself, there's nothing wrong with it. It's completely constitutional. There's no, there's no racism in it. There's no bigotry in it. But because Donald Trump wrote it, because of what Donald Trump said, not on the order, but what he said in the campaign, we are going to make up the law, and as a matter of fact, we're going to ignore the law in the Fourth Circuit, and we are going to, we are going to put a stay on this. And, and their agenda is to, get his, to keep this ban from going into place as long as humanly possible so that, so that America can be inundated with more people who wish to do us harm to the greatest degree possible until it gets to the Supreme Court and they are forced to acknowledge that President Trump has the power and the authority to do exactly what he's proposing to do. Now, I've been trying to get to these next two sound bites, which I'll get to at the top of next hour. I've been trying to get to them for the better part of two weeks. Where an ACLU lawyer, hear me on this, an ACLU lawyer is forced to admit that if anybody else in government had come up with this executive order, it would have been constitutional. But the only reason why it's not constitutional is because Donald J. Trump came up with it. I kid you not, it's coming up. The Salcedo Show, right here on The Blaze. This is The Chris Salcedo Show on The Blaze Radio Network. Are you worried about your mom or dad living alone in their house? Hi, I'm Joan London. Listen, I know how difficult it is to find senior care for someone you love. That's why I recommend a free service called A Place for Mom. They are the nation's largest senior living referral service. Call A Place for Mom today. To receive free information on senior living communities in your area, call A Place for Mom at 1-800-803-6951. Prepare yourself to ingest current events, pop culture, and politics with a side of Latin flair. Vices. I don't have to show you any stinking vices. This is the Chris Salcedo Show on the Blaze Radio Network. All right, hour two is underway. Welcome to the Chris Salcedo Show, folks. I want to pick up on this Fox News report on the ruling out of the Fourth Circuit yesterday on Trump's travel ban. Coming up this hour, we'll talk to uh, a representative from the League of Women Voters not enamored with voter ID get her perspective on this also coming up. I got a lot to squeeze in here. Uh, an update on the Montana situation where that Republican, after he beat up a reporter, uh, won election and the fallout and, and who the, the, the basket of bias and those of a political ideological persuasion are blaming for all this. They're blaming the president. 
but I have some some interesting challenges for those folks, some intellectual challenges. Meantime, back to Doug McElway, Fox News Channel. On yes, it was a setback for Team Trump. The majority said the 90-day revised suspension of travel from six Mideast countries, quote, speaks with vague words of national security, but in context, drips with religious intolerance, animus, and discrimination. In a dissent, Judge Dennis Shedd wrote, quote, the real losers in this case are the millions of individual Americans whose security is threatened on a daily basis by those who seek to do us harm. And I would agree. Uh, it, I have to point this out. Because a lot of these people on the courts are either woefully ignorant, uh, criminally stupid, or they are just choosing to ignore facts that are in evidence. And it could be a combination of all of those. The temporary ban applies to six majority Muslim countries and does not apply to 43 others. Or 53 others, I think it is. So, how can you say it is a Muslim ban when it only targets a, a select few majority Muslim countries and other majority Muslim countries are not affected? The only common commonality from these countries is their ties to terrorism radicalized islamic fundamentalist terrorism now the fourth circuit and these other judges could be saying that the jihadis have a right to come in and murder you and your family and that trump can't stop them they may be saying that uh, equal protection to maim and murder uh let the, these people who think like this might think that the manchester bomber had every right to blow up those little girls it seems to be what, they, what they're advocating by ignoring the fact that this order doesn't apply to the vast majority of majority Muslim countries. Now, these are the sound bites I wanted to get to. A few weeks back, Fox News Channel talked about these court cases. Uh, and these leftist judges and the ACLU who want to judge the Trump campaign or to, uh, want to judge this order on the Trump campaign rhetoric, but not on the text of the law that is in front of them. Meaning, the guidelines that government will follow. They want to judge Trump's rhetoric rather than what he is legally bound to do through the executive order. And, and in my mind, they're just trying to find an excuse to continue to allow radicalized Islamic fundamentalist terrorism access to the United States of America. But listen, listen to this. The president clarified over time that what he was talking about were countries and territories that have known links to, uh, to groups like ISIS and, and Al-Qaeda. Judge Pamela Harris, an Obama appointee, challenged Wall on how the order could be considered neutral in its operations when all of the targeted countries are majority Muslim. What do you mean by neutral in operation? I mean, clearly the law has a disparate impact on Muslims. What do you mean? Maybe Muslims in those six countries, but not Muslims in the, what, 53 others. You know, and... and what was this government lawyer thinking? Excuse me, Your Honor, but uh, it doesn't have a disparate impact on any of the Muslims in 53 other majority Muslim countries. I might have my, I might be exaggerating. I thought it was either 53 or 43 folks, but you, you get, the, the broader point is this. 
nearly eight times, nine times more countries, majority Muslim countries are not affected by this than are. How can you say with any credibility that it's a, it's a Muslim ban when the vast majority of Muslims around the globe are not impacted? Only those with ties to terrorism. Judge James Wynn, another Obama appointee, openly scoffed at the idea that President Trump's statements, especially one during the signing of the first executive order, saying we all know what that means, reflected no animus towards Muslims. There is this affirmative duty to sort of look at if there's bad faith. And to determine in bad faith, don't we get to consider what was actually said here? Omar. No, no, you don't. No, you don't, Your Honor, and I'm using that term loosely. You get to look at the order before you and the statutes under the law. That's it. You don't get to, to go to your ideological dislike for the person who issued the law. You don't get to do that. That is, remember, the symbol for justice is a blindfolded woman with scales? What these judges have done is they've ripped off the, ve the, the veil or the, the blindfold and they're looking right at Donald Trump and tilting the scales of justice because they dislike the president of the United States. And they are antithetical to our tradition of jurisprudence in this country. They are, they are reprobates and they are, they are shams and they are a disgrace to our nation. These judges, these judges are a disgrace to the United States of America and an idea of justice for all equally applied. What they're saying is that Donald Trump, because he's Donald Trump, doesn't deserve justice to be evaluated on the merits, on the law. No, we're going to evaluate Donald Trump because we hate him. And that's what these judges are doing. Arjad Watt, representing the American Civil Liberties Union, argued Mr. Trump's prior statements must be considered. Yeah. The ACLU argued that Trump's prior statements must be considered. Now, they don't exist anywhere in the law. They don't, in the executive order. They, exi they exist nowhere in the executive order. And think about this. Can you imagine a precedent where campaign rhetoric could be used to stymie your agenda, legally speaking, from the bench. Look at the precedent they're setting. It's incredibly destructive. Now, here Fox News Channel talks about how these ACLU lawyers are forced to admit something, and this will blow you away. Omar Jadwat, representing the American Civil Liberties Union, argued Mr. Trump's prior statements must be considered, and that the six targeted countries didn't even meet the administration's own tests for national security risk. But Jadwat was forced to admit that it is the president who is entrusted with national security determinations, and Judge Paul Niemeyer, a George H.W. Bush appointee, got Jadwat to admit that absent Mr. Trump's statements, the order might survive constitutionally. If some other candidate had won the election and issued this executive order that's before us, I gather you would have no problem with that. Is that right? Yes, Your Honor. I think in that case it could be constitutional. So the, according to the ACLU lawyer and these wrong-headed judges, these 
injustice disseminating judges. That the only thing that disqualifies this executive order as being constitutional is the man who wrote it. <laughs> I, 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 it's, it's hard for me to be speechless, but they just did it. And that is, that is the opposite of justice. That is the opposite of fairness under the law. And these people, that ACLU lawyer and the judges on the 10th Circuit and all the judges below who ruled on this, they are a disgrace. And they have betrayed this country. The very idea that, I mean, imagine this. Imagine if somebody had said, hey, you know what? Because that guy is black, that's what makes his executive order unconstitutional. But if he was white, it'd be constitutional. If he was brown, it'd be constitutional. But because he's black, because he, or how about this? Because that guy's a Democrat, because that woman's a Democrat, that order is unconstitutional because of what that person advocates and stands for. <laughs> what that person said in their campaign. Flip it around. Flip it around. That any Democrat who writes an executive order, it's considered unconstitutional because they're a Democrat. Not because of the substance of the executive order. This is the precedent that is being laid down. And this is the precedent that we as Americans have to reject. These people need to be removed from the bench. They need to be removed from the bench. Because this is, that is the definition of lunacy and prejudice, and they're trying to institutionalize it into the judiciary. Not to mention, and we haven't even talked about whose job it is to do this executive order. The courts don't even have a, a, a purview. They have no ability to weigh in on national security, but they're trying. It's a step toward tyranny, and that's why they have to be defeated. Now, up next, a school sets aside, a government-run school, sets aside a room for prayer for Muslims and Muslims only. Back in a minute, The Salcedo Show on The Blaze. Dismantling liberal ideology, one issue at a time. This is The Chris Salcedo Show, The Blaze Radio Network. Salcedo Show. Salcy Salcedo, the liberty-loving Latino. <laughs> Shut up! All right, welcome back, everybody. It's Chris Salcedo Show. Glad you've tuned in here to the program. Uh, <laughs> coming up at the bottom of the hour, we will uh, uh, talk to the League of Women Voters, where uh, they have a problem with voter ID laws, uh, not only in Texas, but around the country. So uh, this is something that everybody's going to be able to participate in and everybody's got an opinion on. Uh, I have a hard time just 
wrapping my head around somebody who doesn't want voter ID, doesn't want integrity at the ballot box. So we'll talk about those things with the League of Women Voters coming up on the Salcedo Show. The Montana special election. Uh, the Republican won. He body slammed a reporter yesterday. And of course, we're not going to advocate for violence here. But we know that the reporter was behaving boorishly. The reporter was acting arrogantly. And I, you, and it would, it would never dream of treating a Democrat the way he treated this Republican. Never would. Never. Doesn't excuse what the Republican did. Violence is never, it is never a solution. And what I have found distasteful is the way this has been covered in the basket of biased press. You had ABC, NBC, CBS, CNN piling on to this Republican. Again, he won by seven points. Wasn't even close. And taking, of course, the side of the reporter who said he was loathed to be a part of the story. <laughs> Nobody believed that for a minute. But Pelosi and the majority of the basket of biased press blamed the president. Because the president didn't bow and kiss the press's rear end, they blame the president for the animus toward the basket of biased press. And let me assure you, ABC, NBC, CBS, CNN, the, the, the animus we feel toward you is because of your bias. Not because of how the president behaves towards you. But the very idea that some Republican body slams a, a reporter, allegedly, and that's somehow the president's fault, is ludicrous. To which we started thinking here on the Chris Salcedo Show. We put it on the Facebook page. We put it on Twitter. Facebook is the Chris Salcedo Show. Twitter is at Chris Salcedo TX. We asked some questions of Miss Pelosi in the basket of bias. And the questions are as follows. Uh, for at Nancy Pelosi, at CNN, at NBC News. Was this POTUS at real Donald Trump's fault too? As a professor is arrested on suspicion of assaulting a Trump supporter, what did he do it with? A bike lock on the end of a chain. Blood, beat him up, bloodied him because he was a Trump supporter. Was that Trump's fault too? Question to the basket of bias at CNN, at MSNBS, at NBC News, at the New York Times, at the Washington Post, at CBS News. Uh, was was Alcee Hastings <laughs> the fault of Donald Trump? Hmm? I'll let you all look up what Alcee Hastings did. Was a former judge. He is now a member of Congress too and was elected to Congress after doing some rather shady things. Was that Trump's fault too? <laughs> all right. Uh, the largest school district in Saratoga County, New York says it will allow Muslim students to pray in a room at its high school for Ramadan. And some some concerned parents are like, whoa, 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 wait a minute, question from the back row. Hello, uh, if I was to propose this for my Christian child, you would say no. If I was to propose this for my 
Jewish child, you'd be saying no. So why is it permissible for you to set aside government paid for space, taxpayer funded space during school hours for Muslims to pray at Ramadan? Why is that permissible? And the school district insists, well, if Christians make a request for this, we'd honor that too. I bet you somebody's going to put that to the test. But I don't want you guys to focus on the school district per se. What is missing from this story? What is missing? Where is the ACLU? Where is the Freedom From Religion Foundation? Where are these paragons of extremism? And they're almost, uh, well, I guess for lack of a better term, vehement hatred for religion. Where is it? Now remember, if, if this were a, a, a Christmas play, the Freedom From Religion Foundation would be there protesting. As a matter of fact, I think they did in Texas. In God We Trust. Oh, it's got to come off of cars. Here comes the Freedom From Religion Foundation. Here comes the ACLU. But when Muslims are granted taxpayer-funded space on taxpayer-funded grounds in a government-run school, the Freedom From Religion Foundation and the ACLU, they're nowhere to be found. Do you know why? Do you, do you understand why they can't be found? And this is something you have to remember about our political adversaries, folks. They're cowards. Because those at the Freedom From Religion Foundation, not only do they see some of these folks see radicalized Islamic fundamentalist terrorists as allies. And they don't want to tick them off by seeming to attack Islam in general. But they're also afraid. You see, they're confident that Jews and Christians won't exact revenge on them when they attack, when they attack Jews and Christians. But they're not that confident about their positions, Freedom From Religion Foundation, about their positions when they attack the Islamic faith. Cowards all. You're listening to The Chris Salcedo Show. Part of Generation Blaze. On the Blaze Radio Network. Chris Salcedo Show on the Blaze Radio Network. It's Chris Salcedo Show. I am honored beyond all comprehension to have you folks in the audience. Hope you have a great weekend planned. All right, let's let's talk about Texas voter ID with our next guest, Elaine Wyant. She is serving her second term as president of the League of Women Voters in Texas. She's a fellow of the Society of Actuaries, a certified fraud examiner, and a licensed private investigator. League of Women Voters of Texas says... They are a nonpartisan citizens organization that has fought uh, since 1919 to improve our government and encourage informed and active participation in that government. Elaine, welcome to the Salcedo Show. Thank you, Chris. Glad to be here. Texas voter ID laws, and, and maybe we, we expand this to the concept of voter ID laws ac across the country. Uh, my understanding is that the League of Women Voters 
do not approve of these types of laws. And I wanted, I'm, it's always, the opposition is, is fascinated me as to the reasons why. Uh, let us know what the objection is. Okay. Uh, we can all agree that ineligible people shouldn't vote. Uh, but we also agree that politicians shouldn't pass laws that make it harder for eligible people to vote. Um, and voter ID laws do very little to improve the integrity of our elections. And, but they do exclude some eligible people from participating, especially, and it falls hardest on the elderly, young people, poor people, veterans. Right. So, uh, well, well tell, explain to us how that, because a lot of these voter ID laws have been defeated, so we don't have any hard data on that. But the theory goes that these groups would be disparately impacted. How so? Walk us through a scenario, either a very, let's, let's start with a very young person, a millennial or something like that. How would they be disparately impacted by a voter ID? Uh, a lot of young people don't have driver's licenses. And in Texas, the voter ID law has a very restricted list of accepted IDs that is much stricter than in some other states. Uh, for example, um, student IDs don't count. Um, mm-hmm. So a lot, of, a lot of kids, high school and college-age kids, um, that's what they use is their student ID or even their employee ID. Um, they do have IDs, but not one of the ones that's on the list. And Social Security card is among those. And in Texas, and you correct me if I'm wrong, but I, I, I've interviewed a couple of lawmakers who had, who had authored the, the voter ID law that these IDs are free. All, uh, there, is no, there is no monetary cost. So all you got to do is show you are who you say you are. And there are, there are plenty of avenues to do that. But you say that, that that's, a, that's a threshold that's too high, too burdensome? Um, the underlying documents in order to get the free ID are are sometimes hard to get um, and are time-consuming. Uh, mm-hmm. It's Yeah, it's hard. Yeah, and it's... it's the, and, and the so, so, yeah, address the folks who say, you know, when, when the time-consuming argument is put up there, uh, I, I think the vast majority, in particular in this audience, would say this is one of our most sacrosanct duties as as citizens to be participants in our government. So the time that one takes to, to, to undergo that responsibility is time well spent. Wouldn't you agree? Uh, if you have to take time off from work and you're poor, it's expensive. And, and uh, that's, you know, it's just another barrier. That, and, and more importantly, it's unnecessary. Um, There was no problem with the law that we had prior to this voter ID bill uh, where you had to show your voter registration card or some other form of ID um, in order to vote. And that worked really well. Right. And and I I, when I was in news, by the way, we're talking to Elaine Wyant, folks. She is the second term president of the League of Women Voters, not uh, not fans of the Texas voter ID law or, or voter ID laws, I would imagine, in general. Uh, when I was doing news for CBS 11, I chronicled and, and talked to several uh, registrar of voters offices and, and, and chronicled how some ineligible voting was going on. And uh, I think that the, the push uh, and of course, uh, Acorn took it all to a different level. And you remember the big scandal with Acorn that the, the, the American people are really leery 
of those who seek to cheat at the ballot box. So the question I would have for uh, for the League of Women Voters is if voter ID isn't the way to go to make sure that we have one vote for one citizen, uh, what is a superior way to do this to to ensure to the greatest degree possible that uh, there is integrity in the voting system? Um, we we absolutely think it's it's important to have integrity in the voting system. Uh, it's just that voter ID laws really aren't the, the way to do that. Um, now, you know, we would prefer to go back to the old law that required mm-hmm. ID, just not necessarily a photo ID. But even even if we don't do that, just expanding the list. No, no, you, you, you said not a photo ID. Why not? Uh, because it's not necessary. It, it worked just fine when you showed your voter registration card in order to vote. Mm-hmm. Um, voter impersonation is extraordinarily rare, where somebody goes to vote and says they're somebody else. Uh, well, we've, the we've seen all these videos from across the country. I mean, uh, Project Veritas had a... Yeah, Project Veritas had an, uh, a video where uh, one of their operatives was offered the attorney, Gen- uh, the attorney General of the United States ballot because, it, because there was no voter ID requirement in the state in which they were residing. Hey, I'm Eric Holder. And he, and he, got, he, he was given the ballot for Eric Holder, the Attorney General of the United States. And, and they, they did this video to show just how easy it was to perpetrate voter fraud. And, and, and folks who are of my persuasion say, shouldn't we make it harder to commit voter fraud? So, again, the question goes back to you is, how, how, where is there a meeting of the minds between those who want uh, better integrity of our voting system and those who don't necessarily think voter ID is a solution? Where's the middle ground? Well, we can have voter ID. Um, we, we just think it should be an expansive ID. Um, if, if we, and, but I insist that there is a tiny, tiny amount of voter impersonation that goes on. It, that, we can ver- may, that we can verify. It may, because, yeah, it may because be it, possible, but, right. it, but it doesn't happen. You know, there's cases in the single digits of it actually happening, happen, happening, well, uh, voter impersonation. But it's a it's fascinating discussion, had... Elaine. It's a fascinating discussion. I'm just plumb out of time, but I, you know, I think that, that this our our country is <laughs> is going to continue to debate this thing, and I think the open dialogue is important. So, uh, we'll keep the communication lines open. Elaine Wyatt, everybody, serving her second term as president of the League of Women Voters. Appreciate the time here on the Chris Salcedo Show. Thanks, Chris. So there you go. That was our conversation earlier with Elaine Wyant. And, you know, I was I was struck and I and I think we mentioned this before, before we brought them on, is that there are laws that are passed all over this country that prohibit us from investigating uh, and compiling the data on just exactly how much voter fraud is going on out there. On the Chris Salcedo Show Facebook page, I have it should be the top post or near the top. I mentioned I had I worked at a CBS owned and operated station. I did a report back in 2010 that outlined exactly the, the problems with with the integrity of our voting system. And I've mentioned this on the air before, but it bears repeating now. 
that we have government checks for whether or not you're sane. We have government checks for your age. We have government checks as to whether or not you're a felon. But we do not have government checks for citizenship. How come we can check for all of those other criteria with the permission of government, but when it comes to citizenship, we can't ask. And who are the ones in our society, ask yourself this question, who are the ones in our society saying that you are prohibited from asking or having the government verify your citizenship? And then ask yourself, why would they do that? Up next, I can ask this of Ellie. Ellie, what would you say to a law that was passed that would require the government to give you something called a universal basic income? Meaning, whether you're working or not, the government gives you money no matter what. What would you say to that? (laughs) Yes. Um. Um, I would say that I wouldn't take it because it'll eventually be taken away anyways. Oh, oh, but there are so many in our society who want it. I'll tell you who's pitching this. And it may sound like a, well, to all you millennials out there, it might sound like a new and revolutionary idea, but I'll tell you it's as old as dirt. It's as old as communism. Back in a minute, the Salcedo Show on The Blaze. Reminding America that limited constitutional government is cool. The Chris Salcedo Show on the Blaze Radio Network. This is the Chris Salcedo Show, only on the Blaze Radio Network. No, Ellie, I like that title. Uh, we're coming up with some titles from some of the segments today on the Chris Salcedo Show, folks. I like that. Get your white hands off my tasty burrito. <laughs> uh, note to.com. That's what we're going to call that segment. Get your white hands off my tasty burrito. If that doesn't generate clicks, I don't know what will. Let's go to Georgia. Hey, Joe, welcome to the Chris Salcedo Show. Glad you tuned in. Happening. Hey, man. Um, boy, that that gal really got my blood boiling on the on the on the uh, on the uh, voting issue. What do you think? You know, I, I have got two teenage sons that, uh, for the summer between them, they've just gotten four jobs, and for the in order to get those jobs, they needed to produce original, not copies, original driver's license, original birth certificate, and original Social Security card at all four places, right? So they need that to get a job. Other things you need to, to have identification for is opening a bank account, closing well, a let bank me, account. Well, let me play devil's advocate because I know how— Go ahead. What, what, I know what the liberals will say. I know what those who are advocating cheating at the ballot box will say. They will say that getting a job or driving or opening a bank account is not a right, but but voting is a right. Now, there's an answer for that, too, but what, no, no, what, what would you no, no, say? No, 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 it's not. It is not a right. It is a right for citizens, legal citizens. Mm-hmm. So it's not a blanket right. It's a right for those who are entitled 
Right. And to, to which I would also respond to our to our friends, our political opposition, to which I'd say, well, you know what? Gun ownership is a right, too. But you guys have no problems with regulating that. OK, but <laughs> see, yeah, but, they're, they're, but, they're, no, 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 but but address. <clears throat> but I, I completely crushed the first question. I it's think you're not right. A right. It's not a human right. It's a U.S. citizen right. Yeah, it, there is no right for everybody around the globe to weigh in on our elections. I think you're absolutely correct. Every and, you you need to be you need to be able to prove. I mean that that's like saying, well, food is a right. Okay, great, but you have to have money for food. Right. You need to produce something in order to get something else. You know what, Joe? You just took me right where I wanted to go. Uh, because, well, I've got you on the phone. Mark Zuckerberg, you know who that is? Facebook yeah. founder? <laughs> yeah, I, I heard <laughs> your lead. And the, this, is the, this is the minimum guaranteed income. Yes, uh, Charles yeah. Payne was on Fox uh, News this morning. He's, from, of course, from Fox Business talking about this. Listen really quickly. Well, they just started a trial program in Finland. 2,000 people from 25 to 58 years old are going to get about $1,000 a month. But here's the thing. No questions asked. No questions asked. By the way, they'll get the money even if they get jobs also. But here's one of the main reasons Finland had to do it. They have chronic unemployment. Yeah, they have chronic unemployment. So the big idea is to have uh, everybody in, in the country get money from the government to, to live. So you don't have to worry about paying your car payment or your house payment or that kind of thing. It's guaranteed income. Mm -hmm. And that is supposed to free up the spirit of man so he can have a 200 plus IQ and he could just concentrate on bettering himself and learning on all that kind of stuff. There is a problem with this though, isn't there? No, there's many, many problems with it. <laughs> one. Give me one because I'm up against the clock. Okay, the ba baby bird, right? If you feed a baby bird, he'll never learn how to feed himself. That's mm -hmm. number one. Number yeah. two is inflation, right? Because once you start augmenting everybody's income from zero to anything or something to more, then everything's going to become more expensive. Uh, I, I mean, and number three, and maybe most importantly, the government doesn't have money. It's us. Right. Citizens have money. If everybody and where gets you're on get your money from is me. That exactly. If everybody starts saying, Well, hey, I'll just kick back and get the money, who's gonna make the money? Somebody's right. gotta make the money. Yeah. I mean you know what, Joe, first off, I don't be a stranger to this program, man. I've thoroughly enjoyed our, our conversation and uh, you contributed very much. Thank you very much for not only uh, one topic, but two topics we were covering today on the show. And I hope you have a fantastic long holiday weekend. Hey, folks, don't, don't, thank you, brother. Appreciate it. Don't forget why we're doing this. Don't forget why we have Memorial Day. As you're sitting around the barbecue on Monday, and we're going to be off, uh, we'll have best of here on Monday, but just don't forget the reason why we mark this holiday, the reason why it's important, the reason why I have the ability to speak on the radio to you here on The Blaze to debate these issues is because somebody put on that uniform and somebody sacrificed for us. A perfect stranger you didn't even know. Remember, everybody, a society's worth, meaning its value, it's not measured by how much power is seized by an out-of-control government. Rather, it's measured by how much power is reserved for we, the people. Great weekend, everybody. Back here Tuesday on The Blaze. 888-900-3393. The Chris Salcedo Show. On the Blaze Radio Network.